Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Bills, mafia, friends, family, I hope all is well. It is officially the second episode of Ages Analysis. We have a lot to talk about today. Obviously, there has been a narrative shift um, with you know with Sean McDermott in the national media. We'll get to that today. I'm going to dive in, look at the depth charts on the AFC East across the board, take a look at the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Jets. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but first, obviously, the Tyreek Hill news. There's some things going on with him. The man, you know, reported today he is going to press charges. So that will be interesting to see what happens with that and how that goes. So I'm intrigued uh, to see what happens with Tyree Kill and where that goes. I think he's a really talented player, but with his history, you know, is there something in the cards where Roger Goodell does place a suspension on that? You know, I, I tweeted out something today that I think he should get a suspension. And, you know, everyone's like, well, you, you know, you're just a Bills fan. You're saying that because, you know, you have to play the Dolphins twice a year and, it's really not that. I think I would feel that way about any person who has the history he does and what he's continuing to do. Um, you know, so I just wanted to touch base on that. You know, this whole Tyree Kill thing. I, I think you know we'll see what happens. Some people don't think he's going to get one. Some people think he'll get one. Um, but it's going to be important because he has a history and he's done he's done multiple things in his career that are just questionable. And you know, sometimes you're going to have to, even if he's the most talented guy in the world, you need to face punishment for that stuff. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. I just want to touch on that. Um, not really much other Bills news. It's kind of been a quiet time. Obviously, we see Stefan Diggs working out, doing his thing. Uh, you know, Ed Oliver also posting some videos of him working out. You know, Diggs, Diggs does look bigger. I will say that. Um, he looks like he's in shape and ready for the season. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, but other than that, there hasn't been much going on. So I think I'm going to hop right into let's, you know, talk about this AFC East, what's going on with that. And, where the Bills kind of stand, obviously. Uh, before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about this is probably the closest the division's going to be, you know, headed into this year. I feel like each year the Dolphins have got, gotten closer last year. Now, the obviously, the Jets have taken a big step with Rodgers acquiring him. I think that's a huge, you know, bonafide move, bonafide move for them. I think that's very important for the Jets to take that next step is getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So I think headed into this year, this is the tightest the division's ever been. Don't sleep on New England. I think Bill Belichick always – you can't sleep on a guy that's that talented. He has enough talent in place around him, I think, to, you know, make it work. Now, are they going to be, you know, the top of the division? No. But that's where I'm going to get started is the New England Patriots, a team that made the playoffs two years ago, kind of went into a slump in 2022, had some rough moments, some bad luck, along with, you know, I think there was some – frustration within the organization. Mac Jones, second year, you didn't really get him a, a you know, certified one. Jacoby Myers was that guy. Now he's not proven, but he's a he's a good wide receiver. He's not great, but he's a good receiver. Um and then you you have a Matt Patricia call the plays, a defensive coach, you know, calling the offensive plays as a as a quarterback trying to learn the game and learning how to um you know work in the NFL and make 
the right reads and make the right plays, I think that's important. So having Matt Patricia was not, you know, maybe the best thing for a guy that's kind of developing and coming into his own. So this year, um, they've done some things. They added Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, they drafted Keishon Butte, who at one point was considered a, you know, higher on pick. He fell uh, to Quan Thornton. They really like. They obviously still have Hunter Henry. They added Mike Kosicki from the Miami Dolphins. Um, Mike Kosicki is a guy that has terrorized the Bills um, in the games they've played. He, he does a really good job. He's not going to block. He's not going to be dirty in between the you know line of scrimmage or stuff like that. But he'll get open. He'll get the yards after the catch. He'll do good things. He's a really good player. So that that's cool. They have a good you no know, left tackle. Trent Brown, very very good player. Their offensive line's uh, pretty good. Cole Strange. Um, David Andrews, um, the kid from Michigan that they just drafted that I saw at the senior bowl. I can't pronounce his name. Um, he's a really good player. Then Riley Reif on the right side. And then obviously defensively, they're going to be a good unit with Bill Belichick. They always are. Um, he's really good at coaching a defense. That's what he's known to do. That's what he's for. Um, and he's been, you know, had sustained success at doing that throughout his whole career. And I don't expect that to change. Um, obviously Matt Judon and Lawrence Guy off the edge, two really good players. Uh, Judon's having, you know, a career year, uh, last year, he's really coming to his own as a Patriot. I thought he was kind of on, on the downside of his career, but he's really doing a good job in turning kind of his career around and being an impact player for them. Um, you know, they're secondary. I know, you know, they have Kyle Duggar, who's a really good player. Christian Gonzalez, who somehow fell to him or so, somehow fell to the Patriots in the draft. Uh, cornerback from Oregon, I really liked. Has great ball skills, um, great man coverage, understands, has the athletic traits, has everything you really want to be a cornerback one in this league. They got him late, you know, in the early 20s. So that was a big steal for them. Um, I'm happy with that, of course. So that that's how they're really, you know, Josh Uchey is a pretty good player. Um, Jonathan Jones, he had the whole incident that's going down with him. So who knows where that, you know, who knows what's going on with that? That's kind of a, a question mark at this point. You know, who really knows what's going on there? But I think the Patriots have a chance to make a push for this division in terms of not being last place. I don't think they're going to be, you know, the first place team at the end of the season, but I think they can leapfrog the Jets or Dolphins. Um, and that's just because they have the the system. They have, they have talent. Um, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, he doesn't have Damian Harris now behind him. He can really take over that workload. He's great out of the backfield. He's great in between the tackles. He's really proven himself to that coaching staff. So Stevenson, obviously, is going to have a good year. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker. Yeah, Devontae Parker's had his struggles, had has had his injury concerns. But last year, he was one of the best deep ball guys and has always been one of the best deep ball guys in the league. So I think Devontae Parker could be an impact player. He did well against the Bills last year. And, you know, he's, he's done pretty well against them. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster obviously is a guy that's not going to blow you away with speed. He's not going to blow you away with his yard after the catch ability, but he's going to find ways in the zone to get open and get yards after the catch. That's what he's good at. Um, you know, he's not going to blow you away with that speed, but he can get those couple extra yards after the catch. He has talent. Um, I, I, he's not my freight, like going into a season with Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster as your two receivers shouldn't scare anyone else in that division. Yeah. That doesn't scare me shouldn't scare anybody um, because the, the other divisions are loaded with talent, uh, you know, and playmakers across the board, running backs and receivers. So obviously this, this skill position group is the worst in the division. I think this defense, I mean, th this defense, this whole defense in the division is very talented. Um, you, you can't, there's not one, <laughs> you know, defense in this division that I'm really like, wow, 
you know, I'm low on them. Like, I think they can all do really well. I think they can all be elite defenses. It's not something, you know, crazy that, you know, I think they're going to be, there's going to be some team that has a terrible defense in this division. I think all of them will. Um, so that's really, you know, my take on the Patriots. They're going to be a team that's sneaky good. Um, they're going to stay in games. They're not going to be an easy walkthrough game. They're, they're going to be a division game every week that the Bills are going to have to battle. And Bill Belichick, you know, he started his career good against Josh Allen. Now, you know, Josh Allen the last couple of years has controlled that narrative and controlled that, you know, that whole thing. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what Belichick does this year, if he schemes anything up differently, if he's more aggressive um, with the play calling on Allen. He, you know, he, he has the players now. I think the defense is, is better than it was last year. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. Uh, so moving on to the Miami Dolphins. Um, so I'm going to go in order kind of of what I think or how I think the division will shape up. So Patriots fourth, and I'm going to go ahead, Dolphins third. Now the thing with the Dolphins, and it, it is interesting, uh, the Dolphins are a very interesting team because a lot of their success depends on their quarterback and their quarterback's good, but he also has had his struggles at times, even one healthy, um, you know, he was very good last year up till he played the San Francisco 49ers in the, in the LA chargers who said, okay, we're not going to let you throw outside or we're not gonna let you throw in the middle of the field, which is their bread and butter of that offense. What Mike McDaniel, you know, the Kyle Shanahan type offense does is get the ball over the middle of the field and, you know, get yards off the catch. That's what they do. The Chargers and 49ers took that away. And EPA, too, uh, headed into that game, um, and EPA was first in the league because he was just so efficient. He was getting the ball out quick. He was getting guys open, finding guys open, you know, across the field, getting them yards off the catch. Now it's different. Um, hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I think teams are realizing what they're trying to do the Chargers and the Niners gave him fits last year. He dropped a 33rd and 34th in EPA um, in those two games. Like that, that was his EPA in those two games after being first all season, which is just, you know, not the greatest. And, and I think teams have figured out kind of what they want to do, but you know, let's, let's look over this Miami Dolphins roster uh, real quick. Obviously Tua, they, they bought, they brought in a bonafide st- uh, backup in Mike White, a guy who tested the bills, anywhere field last year. Now we didn't get the job done. Matt Milano, you know, it was laid one of the most clean hits I've ever seen in an NFL game on Mike White, but he stayed in there. You know, they only put up 12 points, but you know, he didn't have a lot to work with. Brees Hall was, you know, gone by then. Um, the weather wasn't great that game. So, you know, Mike White in terms of a backup is probably the best backup quarterback in this division. And when you have the most, the least durable quarterback in the division, I think it's important to have a guy that can come in and kind of win you games or, or be a guy that can, you know, be serviceable. I think that's what Mike White is. He's not going to get it. He's not going to be the greatest. He's going to turn the ball over, but he can put up some yards. He can throw for touchdowns. He can have his moments. Um, it's a lesser kind of version to me of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was a guy that could get the yardage and, but he would also throw the picks and make the turnovers and like, what the heck? Now Fitzpatrick could be a, 
he he's proven that he was on a starter at, at some points, and he has gotten contracts with lots of money. Mike White's not that talented or, and not as smart as Fitzpatrick, but he has that kind of gunslinger mentality. I'm going to go out there and put it all on the line, whether it's we lose by 30 or, you know, I do what it takes and we get the job done. So I think having Mike White is interesting. Um, with Tua and his durability issues that 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 could come into play at some point there there is a chance that Mike White gets a chance at some point this season just because of Tua and his durability um, obviously the running back room Raheem Mostert he he did well against us last year I mean I remember being at the Dolphins game last year and watching him almost take one of the house right along the sideline he's got speed he's talented obviously Jeff Wilson Jr. another guy who you know I don't think he's even going to be the second back I like Devin A. Shane the rookie they brought in I think he's going to really contribute for this team, be a solid backup. So I like their running back room, very solid across the board. Obviously, I think one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver duo in football. You know, it's up there with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. It's up there with all those, you know, you know, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. It's up there, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. That's something that the Bills are going to have to struggle with. Um, Kevin, uh, with the comment, Tua won't last a full season. You know, I agree with you just because of the fact that I think McDermott also being more aggressive this year and what with the scheme they're going to draw up with. And I think the Bills upgraded at the defensive line. I think, you know, with the the Bills took him out last year with that back injury that he that he suffered in week two. I think the Bills, Sean McDermott's going to have a plan. He's going to bring the heat. He's going to, you know, get this thing rolling. He, that's what he wants to do. Um, so I think he'll, he'll have trouble against the Bills if they can get pressure. Um, you know, you can say that about every kind of quarterback, but I, I think that's true, especially with the Bills and Tua this year. That's going to be a, the thing to watch. Um, so, yeah, obviously Waddle Hill, very talented. Tyreek Hill, a guy that, you know, people said, without Mahomes, he's nothing. And he's, you know, Mahomes makes him, goes over to, you know, Miami and has the best season of his career. Um, you know, he, he's, he's incredible as a football player. Now, the off-the-field stuff, like I brought up in the first part of the show, that that'll figure itself out. I think he should be suspended. I will I will keep saying that um, because, you know, people have to be disciplined for their actions. But, you know, on the field, he's very talented and a really good player. Jalen Waddell, obviously going into year three, he's only going to get better. Um, so that, that, that combination is scary. Now, I think the loss of Trent Sherfield comes into play here because he was a great third option for them last year over 500 yards and now he's, he's a bill and he's a, he's a great run blocker and he can do all the things that you really ask of a wide receiver three or four, who's going to be asked to be on the field. He's going to have limited touches, but he does the most with those. That's what Trent Sherfield did. Now they're going to have to turn to Cedric Wilson jr. Um, or chosen Anderson who, or Robbie chosen my fault. Um, Robbie Anderson, formerly he, he's a guy that's kind of bounced around the league. He got traded to the Cardinals last year. Didn't really find a niche with that team they're kind of in a rebuild I don't think he was part of their plans maybe he finds his footing in Miami not positive with that Braxton Berrios coming in that helps their special teams unit um he's got a lot of speed he's a really good really good return man he's very talented and he did well with the Jets and you know deserved himself a contract so the wide receiver room behind Hill and Waddle kind of scare me as well as losing Mike Kosicki where you're you know you're you're counting on Durham Smythe who is a good player but I think Mike you know, Mike Isecki was a guy that did really well. I know Smite just got extended, and I think they're counting on him to be the guy for the Dolphins last year, only only hauling in 129 yards, a touchdown on 15 uh, receptions. So, you know, the tight end room is kind of thin in Miami. That that's a that's something they're gonna they're gonna have to figure out. They brought in Tyler Croft, the former Bill, but he's not, you know, he's not the same player he used to be. They drafted Elijah Higgins, who at the senior bowl was a receiver. 
and then he's kind of converting to a tight end just because of his side um, and stuff like that. So, the other offensive line, you know, Teron Armstead, obviously a really good left tackle. Austin Jackson, um, Isaiah Wynn behind him. He'll, you know, he's he's added depth automatically. Um, and then, you know, the guards are decent and Connor Williams. Um, you know, he's a guy that has, has done okay in this league, but there's still some sort of, you know, progression or he, he needs to improve as well. So their offensive line, I would say, is average. It's nothing special. The tight end room is thin, but their running backs – the quarterback room and, you know, even Skylar Thompson, their third string, he's really talented as well. He put up 31 points in the Bills last year. So that that's the offense for the Dolphins. On the defensive side of the ball, the biggest, you know, addition for the Dolphins to me this offseason is Vic Fangio. Um, now, with that said, Vic Fangio is, you know, a pretty well-respected guy across the league. He's had several top 10 defenses, but he also has had pretty low, you know, low-end defenses. Um, and, you know, just a fun fact here, the last time, you know, the bill, you know, Josh Allen played um, Vic Fangio, they put up 48 points um, and beat him by, you know, almost 30 points. So that that's the last time they played Fangio. I know that the Broncos weren't as talented that year and they didn't have the, you know, ability on the on the defensive side of the ball to be that good. They were starting cornerbacks that, you know, shouldn't have, shouldn't have been on the field. But it's to be said, I think Vic Fangio brings, you know, it's it should scare the division because he is a proven guy. He's done it. But I don't think he's as good as what most people think he is. I don't think he's some, you know, defensive-minded freak that's going to change a whole defense and rejuvenize them and make them top ten. Now, he does have the talent. Don't get me wrong. Um, bringing in Jalen Ramsey and, you know, you got Xavier Howard on the outside with him. If, if Xavier Howard can get back to form, um, and not have an off year. I think that's really important for them. Um, you know, their de- their defensive line across the board. Jalen Phillips has just been terrorizing the league ever since he got into it. Emmanuel Agba is re- a very solid um, player, and then Christian Wilkins. Obviously, everyone knows about Christian Wilkins. Kind of dirty. Him and Josh Allen have his hist- him, him and Josh Allen have their history. Um, but he's always you know in the back in the backfield causing clutter, doing all that stuff. Um, linebacker wide, they traded for Bradley Chubb, which is looking like a terrible trade. I think they gave up too much for that player. He hasn't really done much for the, you know, the team or the roster. Um, and then David Long Jr. and Jerome Baker, two, you know, two guys that are, they're okay. And then obviously the secondary, I mean, Javon Holland, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Deshaun Elliott's kind of a question mark at strong safety, but those three guys I just mentioned, I mean, that, that is a scary group. And if Vic Fangio can figure it out and get pressure and be the aggressive you know, style he is and play that, play that zone defense that he's also known for. It's going to be interesting to see how they utilize all that talent on the, in the secondary. Um, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing for me is the defense. What, what can Vic Vangio draw up? What can he do? What is he going to be able to learn about Josh Allen throughout the season? Is he going to be able to, you know, figure it out because the, the Dolphins defense last year, let them down in some games. And that was the problem. He, he, he was a letdown for them. Um, or the defense was. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Moving on to the final team, uh, the New York Jets, the team that, you know, has been debated all offseason, right? Like who's better, the Dolphins or the Jets? Who's the better team? Um, I I think personally the Jets are just because the defense scares me more. I know I just went on a rant about Vic Fangio and how he's very important. But the Jets defense last year and how they played this Bills offense is scarier to me 
than anything that the Dolphins did or did or, you know or have done last year. Um, you know, the Jets are a really good team. They added a generational quarterback that, yes, he's you know had a down year last year, but was that more of you know having Romeo Dobbs or you know Dobbs and Christian Watson around him? with, you know, a two-headed running, you know, two-headed monster at running back with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, that they were getting the bulk of the carries. I mean, that that all has something to do with it. I, I don't think Rodgers is on really the decline. I think he's a very talented player. So that's going to be interesting. I think Rodgers, Zach Wilson, um, that's a good, you know, Zach Wilson, <laughs> who knows what you're going to get out of him just because he's so, been so inconsistent and all over the place sometimes. And he's, he's not – he hasn't been the player that they drafted him to be, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers, that that's all you really need. Right, right there. That puts them at second for me, just because I already knew what they had around Rodgers. like adding Rodgers to this, to this offense, to this defense is just scary. And and they're the biggest threat to the bills in this division and why I'm talking about them second, um, you know, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hartman right there. That that's the bet. And it, for me, that that's a really solid group of three receivers, you have Corey Davis and Randall Cobb. That's a very deep room. Denzel Mims. So you got a lot of depth, a lot of talent. Randall Cobb is familiar with Aaron Rodgers. Corey Davis has had his moments. At one point, I thought he'd be the wide receiver one for them because he was exceptional when he came over from Tennessee. Um, Alan Lazard is familiar, obviously, with Rodgers. has had success with him. But Cole Harmon, if he can stay on the field, is a guy that can burn you around the edges. He's done it to Buffalo. Um one, one play that comes to mind was that sweep end around in the, in, the, in the one game where he hit the end zone. Um, Trey Williams, the comment, I expect the Jets to be better than most Bills fans are thinking. When's the last time you see the 45th most accurate QB to, to a top five? Zach Wilson, literally worse than money backups. Thumb not fractured now. Um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Zach Wilson, you know, can do. Um, I think Rodgers has got that job locked up. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But I'm not really concerned about Zach Wilson. The, the The main culprit and the main addition to this team is Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, the receiving room, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Brees Hall, obviously, I had him in fantasy last year, and he was doing really well for me before the injury um, to his ACL that he suffered. I think he's a very talented player. He had – you know, he can be a workhorse. He had 463 yards on, and four touchdowns, and he only played um, five games. So – you, you know, or maybe not five. Well, let me check here. He played seven games. So in seven games, he had 463 yards and four touchdowns. In his last three, in his last four games, uh, he had a touchdown in each game. So he was getting hot. He was getting, you know, the carries. He was getting more and more carries. Uh, in his last game, he had four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. He broke a 62-yard touchdown in his game before he got hurt. So only expect him to get better. Brees Hall is a special talent. Michael Carter behind him, I think that's a very – Scary duo, a potential duo that could haunt the Bills, just like the you know Dolphins running back room. I think is very good. So that's another really good running back room. The biggest question mark for me, um, the, the, their tight end room is fine, Tyler Conklin and CJ Ozama. but the question mark for me is the um, offensive line. That that's what it comes down for me with the Jets this year is how well the offensive line. They signed Connor McGovern, not the Bills Connor McGovern, the other Connor McGovern. Um, and drafted Joe Tippman from Wisconsin. He was a Bills top 30 visit. I thought he could be a guy that could potentially take Mitch Morris's spot if they did draft Tippman, the Bills, but they didn't go that route. Oh, they went Osiris Torrance, and, you know, they locked up that right guard spot, potentially if he beats Bates out um, for that job. So 
You know, Conor McGregor and Joe Tipman, I, I guess the center situation is fine. The question mark for me is how healthy is Mackay Becton? And what do you get out of Dwayne Brown? You know, what player is he going to be? And then Elijah, Elijah Vera Tucker is obviously the guy that is also, you know, very good. He's probably their best offensive lineman um, in my eyes. And then Lacan Tomlinson. I mean, the left guard spot's a huge question mark. I don't even know, you know, the situation with the tackle spots, the right tackle spot and the left guard spot. I have no clue what they're going to do. That's kind of the gist that I've got from Jets fans. I think they're kind of unsure what what's going to happen with that offensive line and how that shakes out. Even the center position, will it be McGovern and Tittman? I'm going to lean Tittman. People have told me McGovern, but I just like Tittman's game. I watched, you know, him play after the season was over when I was going through and trying to see who I'm going to be, you know, talking to at the combine and the senior bowl. So Tittman was a guy that I really liked and the bills had a shot, you know, had a chance to get him. They passed on him and the jets wound it up with him. So that'll be interesting. Moving to the defense. Um, you know, the, it's, Robert Sala is a great defensive coach. He was with that. He was like that in San Francisco. He's been that way with the Jets. They are. They work hard. They have a high motor. No one really plays, you know, as good a defense as the Jets. I really think they're special. Uh, Carl Lawson is only going to get better. Will McDonald in the first round they drafted from Iowa State, really good player, kind of older, you know, 24, 25, but it, he, he's spot. He's athletically gifted. He can. He's a really good speed rusher, power rusher. He can do all that stuff. Um, it'll be a development, but he's good. Uh, you know, Quentin Jefferson, Quentin Williams. Obviously, Quentin Williams is in a contract talks. He needs to get extended, but I'm sure they'll figure that out because, you know, Williams is too special for that team to let him walk. You have C.J. Mosley, who's always, you know, been a solid player. And then the secondary, I mean, Sauce Gardner, D.J. Reed, very, very good cornerback duo. I put that right up there with, you know, Elam and Trey White and Ramsey. Um, and uh, Amy Howard, I think both, I think all, even, even the Patriots have a good, you know, one, two. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, Jordan Whitehead, Adrian Amos, the roster is good. Their defense is good. They were, you know, dominant last year on the defensive side of the ball. If they had any ounce of offense coming from Zach Wilson in that roster, they would have been a playoff team. Unfortunately they didn't, but they went and, you know, got Aaron Rodgers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Then obviously the bills, what they've done, we've talked about it all off season. It's, it's crazy that Brandon Bean went into this off season, whatever, 40 million over the cap. Um, and, you know, over 40 million actually, and converted, you know, Allen's contract and did a couple other things to get it below. And then went and, you know, signed Connor McGovern in March. And that was like, okay, they got the left guard, the pass pro, the pass pro guy that was 13th, according to PFF and pass blocking last year, they bring him in. Um, you know, not the best run blocker, but Roger Saffold was a good run blocker. Um, and that didn't, that didn't really bring any value to this offense because they don't run the ball. So I think Connor McGovern was a great, great pickup. You know, you got him at expensive rate, but he's 25 years old. So really good signing. Um, and then obviously you add Deontay Hardy, the guy that I think will replace Isaiah McKenzie and do more than McKenzie did just because of the contract and what he, he can do. He's got, he's got wheels. He can, run routes. He, you know, he's a more, he's a more refined Isaiah McKenzie in my eyes that can run routes and do all that stuff. So Deontay Hardy, really good player. Trent Sheffield again. I talked about him earlier, what he can do with the Dolphins, what he did with the Dolphins. I think he could fit right in and do that with the Bills. Asked to run block, spring holes for James Cook and Damian Harris. And when he's asked to make the big play, make the big reception, uh, you know, something that Jake Kumaro, I don't really think could do. He was more of a special teams guy that, Yes, if he if it was absolutely necessary, yes, Jake Kumarel, you know, come on in and make an impact. But I think Trent Sherfield can be a more consistent Jake Kumarel and make more of an impact on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, Osiris Torrance, they got brought in. David Edwards, they brought in. Um, so that, that interior offensive line, they re-signed Ike Bakker. So they did a lot of things on the interior offensive line to solidify that. The biggest question mark for me is the talent behind Gabe Davis and the success of Spencer Brown. It's weird how the Bills have handled this in terms of you drafted Kyrie Elam last year and you're not, you don't give him the reins as a starter at, at CB2, but you draft Spencer Brown in the third round and he has a terrible year, but you don't bring in any competition at all. Um, you know, David Crossenberry, I know Brandon Shell, I get it, but those are just, you know, solid depth options, nothing more than that. If, if Spencer Brown loses the battle to them, that says to me more about what Spencer Brown and how he's improved than anything else. I don't think that, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing if, you know, Spencer Brown is losing the right tackle battle uh, this this training camp. So that's one of the biggest question marks for me. And then obviously the receivers behind Diggs. What are you going to get out of Gabe Davis? Um, is Deontay Hardy actually, you know, you, you watch him and you can see his explosiveness and you can see that he can run routes and you can see that he understands how to, you know, be a good football player, but will he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy at that, you know, small you know, he's not, not not that durable. He's had injury concerns. He's had, you know, good years, but I'm, I'm worried about that. And then in terms of, you know, Khalil Shakir and Trent Sherfield, um, Justin Shorter, is he going to make the team? There's a lot of question marks behind that. And Gabe Davis is the most important piece, obviously, with his inconsistencies and his high ankle sprains. It'll be interesting to see what he does this year. I, I think it's going to be a bounce back year. Um, Kevin, I agree with you. Deion Dawkins also needs to play better this season. I'm 100% on board with that. He's been average. You know, he's had his moments. He's been a solid left tackle for Josh Allen since he's been drafted. He's been that. He's kind of been the guy that's been consistent. Other than Mitch, Bor- Mitch Morris, there hasn't been a guy that's been cons- as consistent as Deion Dawkins. But that doesn't mean that, you know, he doesn't need to be better. I think he does need to, to be better and more consistent for this line to really take form. And instead of going from like a below average line, to like a little less than average, I think they could get to that top 14, 13. I think that's all they need. That's where the, the Chiefs don't have that much better of an offensive line. Um, the, you know, they, they played the the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, the best pass rush of all time. And Patrick Mahomes, with you know, with scheme and play calling, obviously taken into account, they shredded them and they couldn't be stopped. So I don't think you need an elite offensive line when you have Josh Allen. I think you need a better one than we had. But I, I still think what they did this offseason on paper is an upgrade on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I love the Damian Harris one-two combo with James Cook. I really like Damian Harris's game. I think it's an upgrade from Singletary. Uh, Singletary is a good running back, but he's not what I think the Bills needed. Um, I think they needed a guy with some juice, with some speed. Um, Singletary was reliable, but I, I, I'm happy they moved on um, from, from him. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, obviously re-signing Jordan Poyer. I mean, that's just so huge for the camaraderie. Sean McDermott taking over the play calling. It's huge. This is absolutely huge to get Jordan Poyer back. Um, losing Tremaine Evans obviously hurts. But, you know, I've really gotten the feeling this offseason that the fans really were pushing for it more than the organization. Like, I feel like the organization valued Tremaine, Tremaine Evans, but they don't think he was so special that they can't replace that. Um, and that's why I don't really think they brought in, like, you know, you know, there were people talking about several middle linebackers in free agency that the Bills could have pursued and didn't. Um, so there's not really a a big loss in my eyes with Tremaine Edmonds. Now it's going to be a loss because he's talented, he's long, he can get in the passing lanes, he's good in zone, he's quick, he can, you know, he he can recognize plays sometimes. Um, that's one of his knocks is that he's 
unable to process things and fill run gaps and stuff like that. So Dorian Williams, who they drafted in the third round, is the opposite. He's not he's not six five and athletically you know gifted and a freak, but he's you know six one has a you know over a seven foot wingspan. He's long in his arms. He can recognize plays pre snap. Now, does he have trouble shutting blocks? Sure, you're going to have to learn that. There, there, it's going to be a process, a learning curve. Um, so I think Terrell Dotson's the guy that gets the job just because of familiarity. I'm not saying that's that's what I would do. I think that's what the Bills do. Uh, that's, I think that's how Sean McDermott works. I don't think he's just going to hand the job over to Bernard or Williams yet. Um, but I think at some point throughout the season, if Dodson is not answering to the occasion or, you know, the Bills are getting beat over the middle or the run game isn't, you know, doing well, I think you could see a switch to Dorian Williams or Terrell Bernard. I still think they find ways to get Bernard on the field because he's good at coming off the edge of getting to the quarterback. I just don't think he'll be the middle linebacker. Um, so, you know, Taylor Rapp, you know, going back to who the Bills have added on defense, Taylor Rapp, obviously very talented. Super Bowl pedigree, played in L.A., really good, really good player, um, can tackle, can wrap up. You can go check out cover one. Uh, they have a really good, like, breakdown of Taylor Rapp and his ability to, you know, pre-snap recognize what's going on, where to be, and just, you know, going right to the running back, making the play and wrapping up. He's really good at that. And it's what the Bills need. They need a guy that can wrap up and tackle. Um, and then, you know, they haven't – they you know, Leonard Floyd is another person that – I think is the most another important piece of the defense because he can help Von Miller and also Greg Rousseau. I think if Greg Rousseau can stay off that high angle sprain that he suffered where he was headed, he was headed towards 10 sacks last year before that high angle sprain. I think that hindered him um, and and really slowed him down only ending up with eight or nine. So I don't think that he reached his full potential last year at all. Um, Von Miller, obviously the injury that sucks coming back from that. I think he's another guy added to this defense. Micah Hyde's another guy added to this defense. Trey White coming back on a second year. So Sean McDermott really has all the tools in the shot. It's just a matter of if you can figure out how to use them. Um, and that, that'll that be interesting to see if he can put it all together. He know, he knows these guys. I mean, he's worked with most of them. I mean, he's worked with Ed Oliver now for a while. He's worked with – this will be his second year with Daquan Jones. This will be – you know, his Trey White's been here since the beginning. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer have all been here since, you know, the beginning. So he has a lot of familiarity and Matt Milano also is you know, going to be the guy calling the plays because he's ran this defense and he's been here his whole career. So that's kind of, you know, to sum up the whole bill situation, I think they've done a lot to improve on paper. Will it work out? I don't know. Uh, I've said, you know, similar things a couple of years ago when they added Quentin Jefferson and Vernon Butler and did things like that. I was kind of like, Ooh, this is, this is going to be something that could really, you know, provide them depth. It, you know, they did their job, but it wasn't something that necessarily put them over the top. You know, I, I think these moves this year, in my mind, collectively, is the best Brandon Bean has done in terms of an offseason, in terms of his cap situation. I really think he's done a good job across the board, adding talent everywhere across the roster. My only concern is middle linebacker, which I think we're, we're more concerned than they are because they clearly have a plan. They have five guys, Baylin Spector, A.J. Klein, Dorian Williams, um, Terrell Bernard, and – I've said too many names now that I forget the fifth, but they have five guys in there that can all compete for the middle linebacker spot and do a good job. So that's not as big of a concern. The right tackle spot for me is it's kind of surprising that they didn't bring any talent in, but we shall see if Spencer Brown that, you know, a guy that they're banking on to be a starting right tackle, you know, is one of the most important positions on the football field for a quarterback. He's going to have to prove himself. So that that's the only thing that was like kind of shocking to me. But other than that, He's done as good of a job as I expected him to. Um, so speaking of Brandon Bean, we're going to flip this conversation now to the head coach. Um, 
obviously the national perspective and narrative about Sean McDermott has been insane the last couple of days. There's been some Bills fans that have been saying, you know, maybe it's time to move on from Sean McDermott. I want to, I want to start with just saying that I understand in a way that Sean McDermott hasn't been the guy or, you know, you're going to blame the head coach for not getting it done in the big moments. And the bills have not done that to this point. Um, They made an AFC championship in 2020 and got brutally, you know, outmatched. They got, they weren't, they shouldn't have been. I mean, it, everyone kind of knew, I think, that that game was kind of over. I don't think that was kind of a, a question. Um, and then, you know, the divisional round exit the last two years, you know, hard pill to swallow. Again, you're going to blame Sean McDermott. That's kind of the guy you're going to question. What, why, why are the Bills falling short and you're going to blame the head coach? I understand that and I get that. Um, you also got to look at it from a holistic perspective, though. I think Sean McDermott has done things that not many coaches have been able to do in terms of, you know, you hit your, you hit on your quarterback, and I know you know he had a say in it. I'm sure it wasn't all his say because he's a defensive minded guy, and Josh Allen maybe wasn't all his idea, but he trusted and believed that Josh Allen could get it done for this franchise. So he started with that. I think he's done since he's gotten here a really good job of instilling you know a culture in the locker room, bringing these guys together, making guys like Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips want to come back, making guys like Jordan Poyer take pay cuts to come back, making guys like Leonard Floyd wait free agents wait, you know, a long time in free agency and then say, Hey, you know what? I want to go team up with Von Miller and, you know, I'll play for 7 million a year and, you know, get $2 million in incentives if I hit 12 sacks. Um, so there's a lot that he's done across the board from rebuilding this roster and doing all that stuff. I'm going to share something with you now. This is Colin Coward uh, talking about the, whole narrative of Sean McDermott and why he believes Sean McDermott is the one to blame. I'm going to kind of live react to it and I'll give my thoughts and then uh, we're going to wrap up. Something I've been on for a long time. So three years ago, all of us sort of believed the AFC was going to be Mahomes and Josh Allen. It was going to be Brady and Manning. We, We found our guys. They're unbelievable. And then two years ago, we added another, Joe Burrow. Like, well, this, this, this kid's good. So we found our Brady, Manning, and Big Ben. The AFC is going to go through three guys, three-star quarterbacks, like it did Brady, Manning, Big Ben. It's going to be Mahomes, Josh Allen, and this emerging stud, Joe Burrow. And where are we today? Well, last time we checked on Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowl appearances, one, two, rebuilt the wide receiver group in the offensive line, did his offensive head coach. He's happy he's winning. He's got that offensive coach and support system. Mahomes is everything we thought he would be. Let's check in with Joe Burrow, also has an offensive coach. He's been to a Super Bowl. They rebuilt their offensive line and lots of weapons. He's winning, not beating Mahomes in the big one, but winning and very happy. And where is Josh Allen with a rigid defensive coach? Fifth year, can't get the offensive line right. Last year, if you took out Josh Allen rushing yards, still a crappy run game, 24th. Josh Allen's running too much, getting hit too much. Now the star receiver is unhappy and they can't develop a second receiver. Gosh, I wonder what it could be. The defensive, rigid, conservative head coach, Sean McDermott. These guys are toned up. Belichick puts a defensive coordinator at OC with Mac Jones. Mike Tomlin, five years, O-line, still stinks. 
Sean McDermott is the issue. Pro Football Focus did a preseason offensive line ranking. That's sort of an important position. Protect your star quarterback. Seven of the eight top O-lines. Offensive head coaches. Seven of eight. By the way, Pro Football Focus has the most improved offensive line in the offseason. One of two, Sean Payton. Offensive coach. Fixed it in three months. All right, so obviously Coward is, you know, really hating on McDermott for not, you know, refining the offensive line, something that I wish he would have said last year because this is where I disagree with him. I think that the Bills have done enough besides besides the right tackle position, and that's something they're going to have to answer if Spencer Brown doesn't, you know, escalate his play and get to the next level. Um, that's going to be something they're they're going to have to answer to. But in terms of the interior depth and Mitch Morse and David Edwards and Ike Bodger and Osiris Torrance, um, you know, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. I mean, I know they're not offensive linemen, but they'll be, you know, in line with them sometimes. It's crazy to me that you're blaming a guy that has truly taken over a whole organization, changed the scope of it, changed the narrative about it, consistently punched a ticket every single year to get them to the playoffs it's crazy that there's a narrative that he hasn't rebuilt the offensive line when I don't even necessarily think that's really his job. Um, you know, as a defensive minded coach, you gotta, I mean, yes, he has some input cause he, he runs the, the team and the organization, but I, I just disagree with coward because he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't take into account what the bills have done this off season with it. Uh, I think Connor McGovern's an upgrade. I think Osiris Torrance is an upgrade. I think Mitch Morse is a, one of the, you know, a very good center. I think, uh, you know, Deion Dawkins is a good left tackle. So they've done enough in my eyes where you kind of put that idea to rest. I know that you haven't seen it yet. I know that it's still to be determined because there's a lot of question marks if they're going to actually improve. But Aaron Cromer loves continuity. I think with another year with, you know, Spencer Brown, Mitch Morse and left, you know, Deion Dawkins at the three, you know, big spots in the offensive line and you fill in Torrance and McGovern, you bring that continuity up, you work together I think that'll be really important. I get Coward's take. You know, it's an offensive-minded league. Offensive-minded coaches are winning the big ones. They're going further. It's always offensive-minded coaches at the end. But you you can't give up on Sean McDermott yet. I'm still a couple of years away from it. I understand that there, there's frustration and, and they keep falling short. And it feels like it's it's never they're never going to get there. The Bills they're never going to do it. You know, I think they do. And I think the best shot right now is with Sean McDermott and keep finding a way to get in and get lucky and stay healthy maybe and not get bad luck like they did last year. I think that'll also play a huge part in how Sean McDermott's, you know, kind of tenure plays out here. If he can't get over the hump um, and he's getting, you know, no injuries and he's not, Josh Allen's playing out of his mind and the defense keeps falling short in the playoffs and now he's the one calling the plays. Okay. Then you, then we can start having the questions like, okay, maybe, maybe this guy isn't, a good, you know, a good head coach. Maybe he's just a really good, a really good guy that can, you know, lead a group of men and let them be themselves and let them be who they are because Sean McDermott is great at that. And that's not a question either. I think he lets guys be who they are. That's why Stefan Diggs, you know, got extended here. That's why Diggs is, you know, he, he works hard. I know there's frustrations going on and that's, that, that happens with a guy that's passionate about winning. And when you're falling short every year, that those frustrations, you know, it gets worse and worse, but 
I think he does a good job of letting guys play the way they are. Josh Allen, the, the taking hits thing, I get it. It's a narrative, but Josh Allen is best when he does, you know, crazy things like that that no other quarterbacks do. So it's interesting. I think it's hard for me too because I also see the perspective. Well, if the Bills weren't coming off a 17 year playoff drought, would Sean McDermott be as praised and loved? Probably not. Would the CP hotter? Probably. But that's like a what if scenario. That's not what happened. He did turn this organization around from nothing into something into into something that's now being talked about by national media. That you know, the national media is putting down the Bills this year. I think they're kind of like Burrow Mahomes. It's now their their conference to kind of lose at this point. Josh Allen's now a step behind them. I don't agree with it. I know the Bengals did it last year. I understand it, but I need to see it. If I start seeing it again and again, yes, then you know we can we can start having that conversation. It's, it becomes more apparent what's going on here. But until that, I don't think you can, you know, judge Sean McDermott yet. I think you got to give him a couple more years. He's learning. Um, Josh Allen's, they're all learning. I think it's bigger than some are making it out to be. You know, there are some fans that are, you know, fed up with McDermott and think that he should be gone. I, I just don't agree yet with that yet. I, I think there's more. There's more to it than that. There, there's players that got to be held accountable. There's execution on the field that has to be held accountable. Um, you know, Leslie Frazier, was he was he limiting Sean McDermott and what he could do? We'll find out this year. Um, those are all questions that we won't really find out until the end of the year. But for right now, you, you can't get rid of a guy that has turned a franchise around and brought you to the playoffs the last, you know, the five or six years he's been here and won the division three years in a row. You, you just can't. Uh, that That's not – you, continuity works. It's a thing that works. When you when you see the same guys every day and you're doing the same things and you, you expect the expected and you're, you're doing what you're told, it means something. And I think this group can use last year and, you know, all this noise that's going on right now to come together and kind of mesh and, you know, as one and kind of set the standard and get out to a hot start. It's a tougher schedule, but I think they can do it. They have all the ability in the world. They're, you know, on paper, a top five roster, hands down. You know, I don't care if Colin Coward doesn't think that, you know, they didn't upgrade the offensive line. I don't think that's really valid because they did. Uh, maybe maybe not in years past. Maybe Darrell Williams and Tyna Skeshi and all those guys and Roger Saffold weren't upgrades. Um, good question here from Casey. Thank you for the question. What would have to happen for him to be on the hot seat? For me, it would either have to be, you know, the Bills missed the playoffs this year or they get to the playoffs in the wild card divisional and the defense just totally gets, you know, abused and can't find any answers at all that that's kind of the threshold for me that's when I'd be like okay this guy's got to answer some questions you, you know you can't really blame Ken Dorsey if the offense is hitting on all cylinders but your defense can't figure it out in the playoffs then what you know what's what's the what's the excuse now you know what I mean so that will be kind of the thing for me if they miss the playoffs or the defense lays an egg in the deep in the playoffs again if the defense lays an egg in the playoffs again that's kind of my my take on it um so, yeah, uh, it's been a great, great show. Thank you uh, all for tuning in. I will be at Wingnuts tomorrow. Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot are holding an event. Uh, the Shout Podcast will be there live at, you know, 8 o'clock around. I think I'll go there a little earlier, but enjoy some beer, some wings. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a great time. I'm excited for it. You know, Peter DiBiase from Built Buffalo will be there. Obviously, Matt Ryan. I'm sure a couple other guys in the media will be there. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, David, let the national media doubt us. Love it. This team is so battle tested. Yeah, David, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I mean, I, I think I'd rather be 
you know, as a from a fan's perspective, I'd rather be in a position where you are kind of doubted and you have that chip on your shoulder. I, I think that's important. I really do. I think last year they were the they were the you know media national media like baby and everyone loved them and they, they could do no wrong and this was the year and they got screwed over and all this stuff. I think it's it's good to have it you know flip the other way. But again, uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe. I'm going to be back with you next week. Hopefully we'll have a guest on. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do a little 53-man roster projection here, here in uh, last week of June to get us you know, ready for you know a couple of weeks training camp starting, and I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'll be there for as many days as I can, bringing you guys coverage, you know, you know, my takeaways and stuff from that. So looking forward to that. Um, you know, this has been a fun episode. Thanks. You know, thank, thank you all for tuning in. Um, it's your host, AJ Sabalski. With AJ's analysis, um, I will see you guys next time. Make sure to like and subscribe. And again, thank you all. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.